0: Plug your live stream into your business or your core offering somehow.
1: Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. In this episode, I grabbed my friend and content producer, Travis Lochner, to learn about live streaming. We actually got on a LinkedIn live stream to discuss it, and the result was Great. In what you're about to hear, Travis reveals how to use live streaming as part of your content marketing strategy, how to promote a live stream, tips on how to manage this strategy, and how to monetize your live stream for your business. If you ever thought about starting a live stream, this episode is for you. Plus, I must admit that it was so much fun. I, I promoted this live stream this morning. I was like, hey, come join us. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing really. And I'm sure a lot of you don't know either. Let's all learn together, right? So when you're preparing it with your clients, what, what advice do you give them on how to promote a live stream?
0: This is the, yeah, the system uh, that I've been working on for a while because it's been, b- because all this is so new, It's experimental in a way. Um, So what I'll share what I've done um, and then what I've learned, what I've kind of converted to now. And I see we are rocking and rolling. Matthew Hunt is here with us. Alex Foster as well. Apparently we're just live directly on your profile. So thank you guys for mentioning that. Difficult to keep up with all this while while everything's running, but we are active. We do see you. Feel free to drop questions here in the chat. But uh, what... Laura just asked, was yeah, around the event promotions. And this is something that I under invested in, um, for a long time. I love as coming from like the music world, I loved the stream itself, the production, mm-hmm. the fancy elements, the, how's the show going to go? Um, but really in reality, you should be focusing as much or more effort into the promotion side. So the rhythm I've gotten into for a weekly show. Uh, is after your prior show is done, you can create the event for the next week. Um, anywhere between like five to seven days beforehand seems to be a good sweet spot. And
1: really, that's it just just a week.
0: If you're on a weekly show frequency, oh, okay. if it's a special event or like a big virtual event, obviously way more lead time is going to help. Um, but the problem with recurring shows or something weekly is you get into I already feel like I'm annoying like sending invites to to a yeah. weekly show um so if you were promoting it longer than that then you're mm-hmm. promoting shows that kind of have crossover um mm-hmm. so if if this episode is with me and then next episode is is with Alex or Matthew or whoever what other superstars you bring on here <laughs> um you wouldn't want the promotion for those crossing over so for me I would start the next week's promotion tomorrow or or a couple days after um and okay. what that implies is an event page um, as we discovered those are helpful to get people's attention and get it on their radar if anybody wants to to drop a comment for the yeah the the restream chat, it'll works. it'll pop up on there. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, recurring promotion really is more of a community building strategy rather than an event promotion strategy. Now that I'm discovering to really have long-term sustainability, you need that core audience of people. Hey, look, there's the chat overlay working. Rocking. And working. Yay. So that would, uh, if you were live on multiple platforms, this little overlay thing would would show everybody's all, all at them. once.
1: Yeah. Um, one one is enough. One
0: at a time. One, <laughs> one, one at a time. No. Yeah. But the promotion strategy I've discovered is really about pulling people into your community or into Mm -hmm. some type of ongoing adventure rather than it being a single one and done type of thing. So for me, I do do the LinkedIn events, send event invites for those three to five days ahead of the show. And then the actual day of the show, if you've done a scheduled post, it's kind of treated like exactly like other posts in the the feed are. So if there's activity and engagement on the post, LinkedIn assumes, okay, this must be a good stream. There's there's a bunch of people chatting or whatever, and it pushes it to more people. So the day of, I try to fire up a little bit of engagement on the stream before it's actually live. And then during the stream, um, it's sort of your job to keep people in your world. So obviously retaining attention um during the show but then having like a call to action that's joining your community whether it's a, a mailing list or a Facebook group or oh. uh, my favorite is is Discord um but this way you have an ongoing strategy of pulling people back continuously rather than it being a one and done type of event thing. Yeah. So that's so- the promotion strategy I Set up. And then the beauty of it, once you start having episodes and shows, you can slice those into promo clips. So um, once this episode's done, we have the full recording of it and we can take the best moments and create a promo video of the show. So that gives a little bit of a taste of the people that weren't there. Uh, Hey, join us next week. Wednesday at <laughs> 2 p.m., whatever. Um, and you can uh, start the getting the snowball effect going that way.
1: Okay, so you covered a lot in all this. You talked about like repurposing the content, how you use it to pull people into your community and kind of get them further down the customer journey in a way. Now, my question to you is why should someone stream or live stream over perhaps maybe like a podcast? Like what makes live streaming so different that people are just flocking to it as a community building strategy?
0: What I'm seeing that really makes it completely different than anything else is the real-time rapport, like the Mm real-time interactions here, like um, jumping into the questions like Alex asked how do you know so much about LinkedIn? Like you can't get that on a podcast. I'll jump to that in a second. I just spend way too much time on LinkedIn. That's honestly, that's my...
1: He's clearly asking me how I know so much about LinkedIn. Okay, please step aside.
0: Either way, both of us need to limit our time on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. um, but this this real-time engagement is what really has pulled me towards it. And the value that I see from the audience perspective for individuals that are, especially for individuals of people that are at like Shay Robottom's level of of access, like people love yeah. the fact that they can jump onto her show, mm. ask a question and she goes, hey, what's up? How you been? And then literally like answers it. You just can't get that real-time engagement in any other medium. And that's what I think is from the the viewer side or community side, is so valuable is you tr- you feel special like when you get called out or when it's even crazier when you can integrate like Twitch alerts and like people's names pop up when they support or subscribe and like there's a You're whole like nother level of
1: ten engagement. steps ahead of me right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so- Whoa, Twitch! I'm just learning how <laughs> to <a> live stream. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, Okay, so I have a follow-up question for you before we get to Alex's question, and that is: Do you believe that live streaming is more effective when you already have a community on LinkedIn? We're we're just we're just going to focus on LinkedIn, right? Because you can go live anywhere, but let's just say on LinkedIn, Matthew, you are special.
0: Feeling special. Yes. <laughs> that, and you can't do that in a podcast. There's just... It's that is just very true. Amazing.
1: That is very true. But because you mentioned Shay, right? And we know Shay already has a huge community. So going live for her does make her community feel special. So for someone like me, who's this is my first time, over time, maybe I will create a community, but is it more effective for people who already have a community? like you, sh- should you start with live streaming mm-hmm. or should you wait until you have a community?
0: It is more effective if you have a community. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can start with that kind of that snowball effect we were talking about. But I wouldn't say that means the opposite would be true of you can't start if you don't have a community. I would mm-hmm. almost encourage of all of the mediums to build rapport and build a community Livestream is the most powerful to do that in real time. Obviously, the people that have these massive followings, they'll have that, that first, that snowball effect already started. Um, but as far as relationship building, I've been playing the, the LinkedIn game for like a year and a half now. And by far the best way of, of building new relationships or like long-term community people that are like with you in in every type of context um has been through live streaming through the shows that that I have they just given me so much better results than any other content I've tried.
1: <laughs> I guess they're just they know you better it's 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 similar similar to a podcast, right? Where people get to know you
0: yes. at their
1: pace. And it's the same thing with live streaming, but live streaming they do have that option to interact with you.
0: Yeah. No, they, there's the interactive elements of people that are doing it right. There's other people that just use live stream pretty much of what should just be a podcast. They go on, they interview somebody and ignore the chat in the audience for a whole hour. And they're like, yeah, and that was the end of the show. And you're like, wait, what? Um, I'm kind of skewed. I've, I've skewed towards the opposite end of the spectrum of like... I've almost like just hang out like chill streams. Like, hey, you guys want to play some games tonight? You want to do like, I play music like I do. It's just like a, for a Friday night, like hangout or like chill out type of vibe. And that's the beauty, I think, that I'm discovering as I get deeper into this. You can find your style and find what works right. for you. There's uh, this kind of this perception of like, oh, streaming's only for gamers or like talk shows. And there's really such a wide spectrum of what you can do with the medium that as long as you're creating some type of connection either with a guest or with the audience, like it's a bottomless pit as far as the palette we have available to u- use the medium for.
1: I will say, as my first time live streaming, it doesn't feel like people are watching us. <laughs> <laughs> we look there actually nobody, there's nobody there. <laughs> So nobody is. <laughs> it doesn't feel like there's a potential of somebody watching our live stream, which feels weird. It feels like we're in a meeting, like just me and you, Travis. Like we normally do, If like we just chit chat.
0: Ooh, I see it live on your dinner cover now, though.
1: Yeah, or I know. Art. I went to go check too, and then I was like, "This is this is too much." I'm going to close. Wow. It. <laughs> but I know you've been live streaming for a long time now, so I'm just curious. What was the most, not embarrassing, but like craziest thing that happened on live stream where you're like, I can't believe people can watch this right now?
0: Um, Interesting. Well, there are actually plenty of people watching. It seems there's like seven or eight that are rocking and rolling. Um, so f- to the lurkers that are here, rocking and rolling. <laughs> Drop a quick little comment to at least let us know that you're hanging out. We just fired up Laura's first Restream account literally a couple minutes before going live and just jumped into it. So yeah, we're just having an open conversation with a little bit of a meta element to it because you're literally just jumping into it and learning it right now. So this will be one of those things that is always evolving. Um, But as far as that question that you're asking, the worst thing that could happen I had like a ch- like charity event or a charity stream that I was hosting like a portion of mm-hmm. for. <laughs> and I spent like the entire day prepping for it, planning like these all these fancy overlays and those like the alerts I was mentioning of like when somebody mm-hmm. donates, their name will pop up and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And planned it the entire day. And we were about to go live like a minute before... <laughs> and similar to what we just experienced earlier as soon as I started going live everything just like what just red X's like error windows like all all of the things you don't want to see were were starting to pop up and I just had this moment of like oh my god everything's ruined like and everybody was ready to watch like re- we're going live um and I had to do the exact same thing you did just like create a new account get it started um and just do a plain jane i was like internally frustrated the whole time but ended up having to just roll with plain what i call a plain stream <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> there wasn't all the fancy stuff to it and uh to me i'm hypersensitive to like what other people are thinking or or whatever so it was like a tra- a traumatizing experience in my head but from the outside people didn't care Like at Mm -hmm. all. So one of the first things like I've discovered for anybody that is curious, um, I see Renee, Alexi's jumping in here. So look, you got a party. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna Um, get to them. I want to know your
1: opinion about the plane. Uh, (laughs) It's live stream.
0: So um, yeah, as I alluded to earlier, uh, I always want to invest like in. World building—that's kind of what I think of live streaming as—is like it's an opportunity to create a theme, to build a world, to bring other people into that world. And one of the ways you can do that is through, yeah, all the visuals and overlays and uh, music is a huge set of, of way to set the tone and set the vibe of things. Um, so that's always what I pursued. And wanted like a super tight, clean production. But what I'm discovering is people actually enjoy the feeling of like they're hanging out with you, like in your living room. And when the dogs come in and start barking and I'm having like pure anxiety, like sweating through my shirts here like this. And, and I discover people, not only do they not care they actually love that stuff. They're like, bring the dog on screen. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? So there's this, this certain element of like forced authenticity that kind of just pushes you out there and people actually resonate with it. There's way more forgiveness to mm-hmm. have something go wrong in like the live stream realm than if you posted like a perfectly edited video and everything, and it has typos and you're missing this and that, Um, people are going to kind of have this judgmental element. But apparently, at least it's maybe because it's newer, the live stream medium has way more forgiveness for errors and and hiccups and stuff like that. I
1: also feel like, because like, for example, you and I, we were 10 minutes late because I had no idea what I was doing. So Travis and I were on the phone and he was guiding me through it. So technically we're supposed to go live at 5.30. We came on at 5.40, (laughs) right? But in that sense, it was also forgiving because people can just tune in whenever they want. Like they don't have to stay the whole time. They don't have to uh, pay attention the whole time. They can leave, whatever. And just because we started 10 minutes later doesn't mean they can't join 10 minutes later.
0: Yeah, it's a double edged sword with that one because it also means people can leave just as easily as they hopped in. So this is where it becomes, uh, more of a high level strategy when you're producing your streams or hosting to have those moments of be like, Oh, I see Renee jumped in here. Like, so what we're talking about today is people's first time live streaming. You kind of have to do like maybe these, these like recaps and bring people back in.
1: Hi, Alexi, Renee, <laughs> Alex, Matthew, thanks for joining. We're here with Travis and Laura on Laura's first live stream. And he is teaching me about how to live stream. And I'm asking all the questions. If you guys have questions as well, let us know in the chat. So kind of like as they use on Clubhouse, they reset the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. In, yeah in a way, it's it's the same, same exact concept. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, balance of that. Recognizing when people hop in. So that's why I I consistently am always trying to ask and get the lurkers to kind of jump into the comments. Um, whether it's questions.
1: And I think you still don't see them. No, I think this is an important note that maybe because I don't pay for Restream that I cannot see those things.
0: I don't think so. I think you just have to switch your on the top right of your (laughs) Restream studio. You should have a section that's called chat or comments. Yeah, I'm
1: on it. And there's nothing coming up.
0: I'm seeing everything. I'm, I'm, so <laughs> I'm hanging with Renee and
1: Alexi I see. I Alex. see because I put the chat overlay, right? I did that so I can see comments too. Hello, Renee. Hello, Alexi. Thank you for joining. But okay. I don't see it in like my restream. Interesting. Yeah.
0: No worries. We can debrief on that one. I guess at a later. We can do this next moment. week
1: at like <laughs> 5.40. You know, we'll we'll figure out the time, <laughs> and we'll do a part two. Oh, love but yeah, that. I don't see that part. So that would be like one question I have, because I would like to know who's who's seen this live stream, who's part of it. Right now, I put the chat overlay, so if anybody has questions, that I can pick it out and. Mm-hmm. And say it out loud, but other than that, all I see is that Matthew said that your most embarrassing moment was that you farted.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's never good on Mike, <laughs> but the background music always helps, you know. This is uh, so, yeah, I'm seeing Alex on both ends the, the overlay and I've on only the internal one. The overlay, one. okay, we'll figure it out, but you should be able to see it. So, that's part of the dilemma of running these streams is Mm -hmm. it becomes a challenge to run your show, whatever your original production was or guest, making sure that you have the proper amount of attention on them. But even with, um, we're still in single digit people here. It's a very intimate room. It's, you Mm -hmm. can already see it's starting to get difficult of like, even what Renee mentioned a little while ago like it starts getting pushed down further and further and you're like wait oh my god oh my god so it's yeah. there's almost this like social like art, it's like an art to kind of balance the show and the chat and making sure people feel engaged but also you can't just sit here the whole time and just talk with I mean I guess you could actually
1: yeah well we <laughs> just right? chat
0: back and forth with it but if you're wanting to have yeah an original show or production that you're trying yeah. to run. While it's live, what you can end up doing is use segments to your advantage. So we could have had a, um, just a super like simple setup. Minutes? Um, even, It doesn't like, even doesn't have, have to be that. Yeah, it could, I mean, it could be. So when you're developing a show, just thinking of it like a traditional media broadcast or old school TV shows, yeah. the way a talk show works is it's in segments. Um, they have their original intro. Hey, welcome. They, they have the monologue from the host comes mm-hmm. in. Did you guys hear blah, blah, blah. And then it's this five minute segment to start the show. And then they go to a commercial break. Uh, in this case, we don't we don't have our commercial break quite yet. Um, I
1: don't even we'll, have comments, Travis. Hey, we'll
0: get to we'll get to sponsors, you know, <laughs> next further down the road. We'll get next to week. We'll get a rolling.
1: sponsor, guys. We'll talk about sponsors.
0: <laughs> but um, what you can do is create segments for the show. So the first five minutes is your your intro. You're saying hello to the chat. You're warming people up. Let us know where you're coming in from, and then maybe you go to your twenty minute. Primary interview. Here's our spotlight guest. We're going to go jump in there and that's where the primary focus is. And then now your last final segment is an open Q and A segment. We're going to jump into the Q and A section. Let's, let's jump to the chat and see what it is. And then now you have easy yeah, way to, it. to keep things in, in line. And what your job is now as a producer or as a host is to create a show with certain segments. So those those segments could be games. Those segments could be an entire panel of, of people on screen rather than an individual guest. Um, there's so many directions you could take it um, as yeah. far as what... The actual production becomes, but that's a simple way that I've started to try and contain, um, the chaos a little bit without (laughs) letting people feel like you don't want to, you don't want people to feel like they're neglected when they come and hang out on the stream. That's the whole point of it being live is to kind of have be there for the experience. So as many ways as you can cultivate clarity on when people can jump in, how they can jump in, and just encouraging it over and over. That to me is really where the power of live streaming is. Otherwise, it might as well just be a podcast like if you're just trying to record a chat with somebody. (laughs) That's
1: a great tip though because I'm sure if I did live streaming just on my own and I tried to figure it out, I would have probably mimicked a podcast more than anything. And also because I don't see the comments and we will have to figure out what's going on here. But because I don't see the comments, to me, I feel like it's just me and you.
0: Yeah. No. And I think so like, a lot of people do that this yeah. With with the medium and... And there is room for that, like when you're at like Joe Rogan levels. So you're, you're not quite there yet, but maybe in the coming, maybe next year you can start ignoring the chat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for now, that's what I, and again, this is a subjective opinion on it, but to me, that's where the value and the purpose of it being live is, is for it to be engaging with the audience, like even to a level like I've done streams and shows where the audience controls what happens next. Like a choose your own adventure type of vibe. They'll choose the lighting. They'll choose the music. Um, they'll choose the game we play. Like that's, you can do all of that and pull people like in real time. And yeah. it's just this unique experience that you you can't duplicate in any other medium. So that's, that's why I'm sold cool.
1: on it. Yeah, I like that. I I don't think I've ever seen you do that on LinkedIn. Have you done that on LinkedIn?
0: Yeah. So I used to do those with uh, the Feel Good Friday shows. Um, I would kind of set up. So one of the ways to get in the right mindset of how you can approach a live stream or even like virtual events apply in the same category is... Think of how humans interact in the physical world and in the physical space. So what I did with the Feel Good Friday show was essentially duplicate that Friday night feeling of going like checking out of work and then like you go and get like grab some drinks at the restaurant and then you go to a, a bar or a club or a concert, whatever. Um, and then when you're there, there's an opening act of some sort or some type of warm up activity and then a main headliner. I pretty much set up my feel good Fridays to be exactly like duplicating that experience. It would be, uh, it was right around that Friday afternoon, Friday evening checkout time where people are converting from business mode to (laughs) like weekend mode. Um, And that pretty much just gave me the format for how to set that experience up. You could do that with any other type of physical comparison of real-world events and just duplicate a, a virtual version of it. And that seems to resonate with people in a, a really special way, just maybe because we, we haven't been able to interact with people. Um, so the value of feeling like you're in a experience like that is now amplified.
1: So do you think that live streaming is more popular now because of COVID? And do you think it's going to go down once things kind of clear up?
0: I will admit, I have no idea. <laughs> I think the the context of the pandemic uh, and sort of the whole lockdown mode certainly mm-hmm. amplified the value of that real-time engagement um, and community building. But I don't think it's going to be disappearing. I think it really just accelerated it. Same ways, exact same way remote work mm-hmm. um, was accelerated. It was kind of taboo for a while and then when you had no option but to work from home or it it was suddenly way more valuable for companies, it's not going to go backwards, I don't think. It was certainly a nudge forward and kind of like a push in the pool, but I don't think it's something that'll disappear. I think we are leaning more and more into virtual events and live experiences that people can be a part of either in this context where they kind of join on literally like in person with their camera mic or whatnot. Um, But the next level that's already cracking open is virtual worlds and virtual events and kind of stuff that's been happening in the gaming world where it's a whole nother world and you just go and participate and join events as your little character, as your little avatar. Travis, so, Travis, that's going to be there. for
1: part two. Travis, yeah. come on. Part three. <laughs> I can't even see Welcome comics. to
0: VR. <laughs> so oh.
1: you told me when I asked you when we should do the live stream that we should do it like sometime after work, right? I, I just want to know, I want to know more of your opinion on when people should do live streams, like maybe what day of the week and what time and why. Because... I would have never guessed that 5.30 on a Wednesday... Are we Wednesday? Yeah, we're Wednesday. On a Wednesday would be an ideal time. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's a bad time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, there is a wide spectrum um, to consider for this. So essentially, what it boils down to is understanding your target audience and how you can best serve them. So the same way you... Uh, would start there for developing a show. Um, Scheduling a show would land in the exact same category. We have an international global audience now that we can all tap into. But what you'll discover is a core of your audience are mostly this, or mostly, in in my case, I discovered most of my audience is East Coast United States. I don't know how or why, haven't intentionally targeted that, but just by sheer probability, it's a lot of freaking people on the East Coast of the US. So for me, when I'm scheduling, that's the headspace that I am thinking of and try to work from. In other contexts, if this was more of, I guess this is kind of a hybrid, like this is almost a personal professional development type of streamer show. So you could have actually pushed it closer to business hours and people would be like, well, I've been curious about live streaming either for myself or my company or whatever. I'm going to jump into this as if it was a professional development or training type of thing. So a lot of it's just experimenting. Yeah. Figuring out your audience, testing the waters, you discover Wednesdays aren't so hot. Maybe it's a a weekend event. Um, Some stuff does really well on the weekend. Other stuff makes no sense to do on the weekends. So uh, there isn't a one-size-fits-all type of answer other than understand your audience, try to either pull them for what they desire or stick with primetime of your core audience. So in my case, East Coast U.S., uh, is usually like 5 to 7, 8 p.m., same as as primetime television. There's a reason why all the best shows and networks shoot for that is because it's the most likely for people to tune in once they've checked out after work, but they haven't quite checked out to go to bed. You want to try and sneak into that sweet spot.
1: Mm -hmm. Because my thinking behind this live stream is like, wow, this is a great inbound marketing strategy. I can put it on my podcast, teach entrepreneurs, small businesses on how to use live stream to their advantage. Yeah. So my question to you is live streaming. Let's say there's someone in like the food and beverage industry, and they want to do live streaming. Basically, the question is, can every industry benefit from live streaming on LinkedIn?
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. It depends on how you frame your production or your show, um, essentially. So, What do you mean by that? In this context, so, uh, I actually have a, a recent client example that I didn't anticipate was anything for live stream. She comes from transportation and logistics, like supply warehouses, supply chains, like all this stuff that you wouldn't expect to be <laughs> super, super great live stream material. But what we've done rather than Expecting to just talk about the same thing over and over. We've reframed it to highlight individuals either in that industry or, uh, influencer, or other people that have a perspective on transportation. And here's how they plug into that. So she has a guest focused show now that people from that industry, transport and logistics supply chain either want to be a part of as a guest or they're tuning in each week to see an alternative angle or an alternative perspective on this industry. So being mindful about the show setup is a big win to either make it very audience focused or very guest focused. When you start to splinter, um, it starts to get kind of messy, but In general, I would say any industry, if you're smart about your show strategy and setup, is absolutely applicable. Even if it's not about that industry, the spokesperson or the host or the talent, whoever's stepping in front of that camera, if they're representing that company, even just like the moment of like people talk about this freaking Star Wars helmet all the time and like the hockey bobblehead and the bonsai tree, like, that's what starts conversations all of my world has converted to i mean i'm at 100% inbound business now i know when we first started chatting and talking i was on the other end of that spectrum trying so to, trying to like get that? linkedin messaging systems and dms but i'm officially 100% inbound all linkedin not solely because of and mostly yeah mostly linkedin uh, twitch and youtube i'm trying to take more seriously and expand into there, but it's new new territory to try and break into. But no, my LinkedIn world has converted to 100% inbound um, since I started live streaming. It's inverted the equation in many ways. And I think, yeah, it's not a, anything that would be restricted by industry. Uh, it's just a matter of how can you bring yourself to the audience you want to serve. And the people here that you're interacting, regardless of industry, they're humans with general interests. People love trivia, whether you're in tech or supply chain logistics or anything like people love trivia. So having a live stream about trivia, even though it doesn't make sense, industry related, is going to put you in the spotlight to build that rapport build that relationship. Even if the first conversation isn't a pitch about well, our program can increase your ROI on this, whatever. Now the first messages are, yo, I can't believe you kicked my ass in that trivia game. That was awesome. Like, well done. And like, that that's a completely different way to start a relationship. But we are all human. Like we have common goals. We have common interests. So I would say industry specific isn't really a concern that people should be worried about. If that's if that's holding you back from starting a live stream, we need to talk. Because <laughs> um, there's there's a lane and a strategy for you, and it's sometimes it's just about finding it. The same way fashion works. Like you can't just look at a magazine and be like, oh. Johnny Depp looks really good in that. And then just duplicate the same thing on you. you. It's about finding what works for you, your style over time. So it's, there's a stream style for everybody somehow, some way. I promise they can figure it out and get started. It just takes a little work.
1: Mm-hmm. So I did have a question for you before we finish, but Alex asked a question here and he said, what if I stream and there are no viewers? What's the point? How do I overcome that challenge?
0: This is, so I would love to challenge that challenge in <laughs> the context of what we are developing right now, even if it's just one single person in the audience, that gives them either a hyper-specialized experience, <laughs> if they're the only one there, or what we've alluded to in this conversation a couple times, the repurposing and the content that is here is for better or worse always available i think i hope so the the it
1: records
0: the well it's it's out there forever regardless of what people think or if they attended the real uh live version there are lots of additional points to consider um the first one being replays uh replays are accessible again, forever if you set it up right. And it's even more functional if you have them organized or categorized in either on your website or in YouTube playlists. So in my case, one of the shows I run, Livestream Legends, where I help other people figure out how to stream, figure out all this adventurous stuff. Every single week, I'm going through a different topic. And even if zero people tuned in, I could go through with the same exact run of show of here's how to set up your audio. Here's how this and that. And all of that's on screen. All of that's recorded. All of that's there. We can archive that into a playlist. So I have a playlist of all the prior streams that when somebody misses a show, or if I need to refer them to a prior episode, that archive, even if zero people went to the live show, they can still check out the replay or the full episode. So that would be number one value point out of getting a little bit of juice out of a stream that nobody showed up to. The alternative piece here, which has really become a pillar of of what I'm doing in my world and doing on the client end, is using this show, this one hour that you create per week as your pillar For content. You can now repurpose this one hour a week into as many social media videos as you need to, uh, whether it's LinkedIn, or TikTok, or Insta, whatever would make sense for your audience. This one hour is essentially your source footage to create all of that other content. So you start getting clips per episode. So like we've already had a few moments in here that we could clip. Or once you have an archive of 10, 15, 20 episodes, you now have the ability to create montages or promos of multiple episodes. So every time, uh, or if you had like a signature question, like this works really great to have every single person's response of that signature question in its own video. So that's what I've really seen that gets a ton of extra mileage out of this one hour is you can now convert that into micro content that for me, that it gets more views than the streams, (laughs) than the stream itself. Um, So for anybody that's already understands the value of content marketing, this becomes a way to consolidate your entire content marketing strategy down to an hour a week or half hour a week, if it depending on what your episode is, rather than to me, the contrast of that is the old like camera in the corner type of video where you got to write a script, you got to get the video set up, you got to record for three or four hours, and then you got to go edit for another five or six hours. And then you go post your video um, for people that didn't enjoy that process or don't have the time for that process. Live streaming is a way to just push you out into the pool, just like we did. And now we have 49 minutes of, of content, we can slice and dice um, into things. So
1: And it's only um, 49 minutes, because we were late for 10 minutes, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> but Love okay, it. so I do have a million other questions for you, but I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I know we can talk for another four hours. Um, <laughs> For everybody who joined us on my first live stream and with Travis teaching all about (laughs) how to live stream, thank you so much. Oh, can you have time for one more question?
0: Yeah, I'm assuming. uh, Alex has another question. Yeah, Alex, jumping right back in here, brother. What if I do the edit for you and save those five hours for something else? Would that be valuable? So in the context of the pre-recorded videos, I think maybe in that old school strategy, that would be super valuable. But in this case, the live beauty of live streaming is if you set up your production right, a lot of the editing can be done for you. So like we've set up a kind of a simple one-shot frame this whole adventure. Um, But if you have a producer running the show, you can literally have cuts to a single person, uh, to both people when there's reaction, and then back to full screen video. All of that stuff is basically your editing being done in real time. Um, So if you have a producer running the show, or you're mindful of it, um, you can reduce time on there. But yeah, if... Any, any editing I could get off my plate, Alex, I'll, I'm, I'm always interested <laughs> yeah. regardless. So, um, so then We
1: have one last question, Jonathan Rugg. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, so he says, what's your preferred method for driving leads during a live stream? So I think he mm. means, do you mean like to your service while you're in the live stream or people to your live stream? Because I think those would be two completely different questions.
0: I think so, in the context of driving leads during a live stream. So, this is one way, this is the primary way that I suggest people monetize rather than going like, we're going to get a million viewers and a sponsor and this and that. Like, it's really difficult to monetize that route. So, what Jonathan's mentioning is actually part of like the strategy I advise for a lot of coaches or consultants. And that's To plug your live stream into your business or your core offering somehow. Um, So if it's relevant in the right context, your show is about X, Y, and Z. If your service is about also about X, Y, and Z, it's relevant to plug people from your audience into your service. So um, the obvious way of doing it is just dropping your lead magnets or whatever your top of funnel, whether it's an ebook or a free trial or a book of time with me, uh, make sure those are very easy to join. Have a link in the description, um, drop links in the comments, in the chats for whatever that is, and minimize it to one call to action. That's great if you have an existing Infrastructure set up, and then the alternative—that's a little less, I guess, conversion like one-time conversion. This leads back to our community building element: is having some type of community to pull people into, or a what I've kind of been doing is a an after-party type of vibe. So we'll shut down the stream like at the top of the hour, um, but we'll say if you want to join us, we're playing games tonight in Discord, or we're firing up a late-night chat about. X, Y, and Z. Here's the link if you want to join. And it kind of bleeds over into this sort of after party of vibe. The main event is over, but if you want the VIP experience or you want to keep rocking and rolling, join us over here. Uh, and that's worked really well in my world to kind of keep bringing people to our, our Discord channel. And. It's something once they're in that world, now you can start alerting people for the next stream and then the next stream, and then you start having regulars. And that's really where a lot of it comes from. So even if you don't convert literally on that stream, it's something they're at least in your world and can come back over and over. So in that context, yeah, if you really only are trying to convert, perhaps a webinar might be a better option for some people. But in the context of driving leads during it. It's just being smart about what do they want? What do they care about? And then provide a simple call to action with uh, the least amount of friction as possible.
1: I love that. That was a great way to end my first live stream. (laughs) Thank you everyone for your questions. (gasps) Alex! Oh, Oh.
0: the legend. What up, ABS?
1: We're just about to, to finish. We this made is it. my first live stream though. <laughs> Alex survive. is a fan of yours, Travis.
0: He, I he am doesn't... a fan of Alex. So <laughs> hey, we have uh, some much needed collaborations in the book. We've been talking about it for a while. We just got to get it, get it rolling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much for joining this live stream. I have to figure out how to end this live stream. <laughs> but it was great <laughs> learning how to do this. Hopefully, Travis, we can do this again when I'm a little bit more aware of what's going on. <laughs> I love it.